inside, I was just miserable. And I had the mask on. You know, everybody on the outside is like, oh, here's my smiley face, everything's great. But I had this mask on that was hiding all of the pain that I was carrying around with me because of the things I had experienced. My foundation was just a mess because of, of course, everything, all the lies I had gotten from the enemy. You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Hello, friends, and welcome to my Altered Stories Episode 11 show, Lexi's Story. I hope you enjoy listening to my special guest, Lexi Voorhees, today and her inspiring childhood abuse survivor, God glorifying story. Lexi has firsthand knowledge of the pain and despair that comes from childhood neglect and abuse, but she also knows the healing and transforming power of Jesus. For those listening to my show for the first time, let me introduce myself. My name is Michelle Renee Gutch, also known as Michelle Founders Gutch, founder of Altered Stories Ministry. I'm passionate about helping Christian women share their God stories so women across the world can hear them and be encouraged in their faith or emotionally healed or brought into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, let's get this show started. Here's what you need to know about Lexi. Lexi loves Jesus. She's an avid adventurer, has traveled to 10 countries in Africa, Asia, South America, and Europe, and values all cultures and loves to share the love of God with all nationalities and ethnicities as she feels we are all one in God's family. Lexi also served on our Altered Stories Ministry Board team in the role of board treasurer since 2017 and was very instrumental in helping us launch Altered Stories Ministry as a nonprofit in Kansas. She has also contributed to our blog on our website and as a gifted writer. Lexi and I also worked at Compassion International in Colorado Springs together, where we both discovered our love for helping women heal. Lexi's business background is broad. She holds a bachelor's degree in mathematics and finance from the University of Arizona, where she also minored in French. She currently lives in Tucson, Arizona, and highly enjoys sharing God's healing power and who he is with others. So, good afternoon, Lexi, and welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you, Michelle. Good. So, uh, Lexi, there's a lot to your story, and part of your story is out there um, in your bio on our website, and you've done speaking engagements, I know, and, of course, you have shared your story with various women. But for my listening audience today, where does your story of child abuse begin? The day that I was born, my parents had picked out a name for whether if I was going to be a boy and a name for if I was going to be a girl. And my 
dad had to go on a business trip. And so my mom took him to the airport. And the last thing he said to her was that he didn't like the girl's name that they had picked out. And my mom thought, okay, now I got to figure out a new girl's name and this baby is coming today. So uh, she shared with me how she was in the hospital waiting to give birth to me. God led her to the name Lexi Ann. And what God has shown me is I didn't know the meaning of names. Um, God has taught me that there are meaning, meaning to names and that they're significant. You know, we remember that God changed Abram's name to Abraham. He changed Sarai's name to Sarah. He changed Peter's name um, to Cephas. It was Simon, and he changed it to Peter. And so I didn't know any of this, of course, until I was probably in my early 30s. And so what I realized is by the time I got to where I was 30, and I was asking God, why did all these things happen to me? Like, why did I go through all of the abuse and trauma and neglect that I went through? And God brought another minister across my path that I was listening to at the time. And she shared about what God showed her about her name. And it got me wondering. And I was like, well, what does my name mean? And so I looked it up. I looked up what Lexi means. And it comes from Alexandra, and which means defender of mankind. And my middle name, Anne, means grace. And I realized we talk about the gospel of grace. And I, even though at the time I didn't really understand what God was saying, is I, and I began to understand why the enemy had attacked me so much. Because um, I have three other siblings, and they didn't go through the things that I went through. And so I began to understand. I began to see what the enemy was doing and why he had done what he had done. Because, you know, that God's word says in Ephesians that our battle is not against flesh and blood. And so even though the people that Satan used to abuse me and traumatize me and deceive me with the, the lies, they, they're not my enemy. And at the end of the day, God loves them as much as he loves me. You know, when, when Jesus did find me when I was 16, because of all these things that I had gone through, I was, I was a mess. I you know, I tell people I was a hot mess. Um, <laughs> and I'm grateful that God knew what he was getting when he got me. Um, I heard another minister say that, like, God, you know, God knows, knew he was going to have to pour a lot into you before he ever got anything back. And mm-hmm. so I'm grateful for that, that he's done that. You know, I look at my life and I think about just the ways that God, the, the ways he has gone through to heal me, to help me to know that he loved me. I think that's probably one of the biggest things that he wounds that he healed in me was I never felt loved growing up. And, and that's one thing that he has just, that he just continually is. He'll ask me sometimes, can't you see that I love you? I love you. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for helping me to see that. And you know, when I was, you know, he saved me when I was 16. When I was 18 is when he came and asked me if he could heal me, that he, he would put my heart back together. But because my perception of him was so messed up because of all of the abuse that I had experienced, which most of it was at the hands of men. And so because he was God the Father, I was looking at him through the lens of all these men that had 
abused me. And I quickly was like, no, thank you, Lord. I don't think I want you to heal me because I don't trust you. And so I ended Mm -hmm. up running from him. And I ran for probably the next eight years. And it was not fun. I slowly started running. And then when we moved to Arizona, when my parents got divorced, I came to Arizona with my mom. And I just didn't go find another church. And I just went about with getting my, going to the U of A, getting my degree, but just inside, I was just miserable. And I had the mask on, you know, everybody on the outside is like, oh, here's my smiley face. Everything's great. But I had this mask on that was hiding all of the pain that I was carrying around with me because of the things I had experienced. And I finally got to the place um, where I finished both my degrees. Well, I finished the first degree, my math degree. I was $20,000 in debt from that. And I had no idea what I was going to do. And the whole time I was getting that degree, God had kept saying to me, no, I want you to go into business. And I was like, no, no, I'll never succeed. I can't do that. And then I ended up with my math degree. And it was like, well, what now? Well, I don't know what to do. I've got all this debt. What am I going to do with it? And God told me, Like, I finally was like, you kept telling me you wanted me to go into business. So I guess I'm going back to school now. And I feel like that was kind of like my turning point of where I stopped running. And I started listening to him. And he took me back to school. I got through it. One of the things that, um, why I think I was such a mess was I never actually shared with anybody what had happened with me. And it wasn't until I was 26 when I pretty much around the same time I stopped running that I actually started sharing with family the abuse that had happened. And shortly after that, God led me to a Christian counselor. And I'm so grateful for her because after I went to counseling for 10 months, but she did, I, I believe looking back now, I'm like, she did what she needed to do. And that was get me back to God. And get me back to reading the Bible and spending time with God and going to church and letting God rebuild my foundation because my foundation was just a mess because of, of course, everything, all the lies I had gotten into from the enemy. And so God started working and he started rebuilding that foundation and he ended up moving me out to Oakland, California, to the Bay Area with my first job out of college. And I was out there for eight years. And he, um, he did an amazing work out there. I, I didn't realize it at the time. When I stopped running from him, I told him I had made up my mind that disobedience was not an option anymore because I had been disobedient and I knew the misery that that was, that that led to. And I decided I didn't want to go back there. So when I moved to Oakland and God started taking me through the healing process, um, I still didn't really trust him. And he would ask me, Hey, I need you to go over here or I need to do, I need you to let me do this in your life. And I would ask him, why, why do you want to do that? Why do you want me to go there? And he would paint this picture and show me like the full details of, well, I need you to go here because I need to get you to over here and I need to heal this. And if you do this, it'll allow me to do this in your life. And I'd be like, Oh, okay. Now I'll come with you. And As the years went by, that picture that he painted got smaller and smaller and fuzzier and cloudier to the point where there was no more picture anymore. 
And for a long time, I thought, oh, have I missed you, Lord? Like, is that why I can't see it? And then one day, Mm -hmm. he finally helped me to understand. He said, honey, you don't need that picture anymore because you've learned to trust me. And I was so grateful for that, that he had brought me to that place of realizing like, oh, wow, like I've grown. Like, look, we've, I now know I can trust you. And sometimes I feel like he has to show me things because I don't necessarily get it. Um, And he like, will be like, no, honey, you're there. You've got it. And it's like, oh, okay, Lord, thank you for helping me see that. Yeah. So go ahead. So yeah. So by the time I was done in Oakland, I kept hearing him over and over say to me, Lexi, that's not my way. And I knew he was talking about the fact that I kept thinking I had to fix myself, that I was the one that every time he showed me there was something wrong, I needed to fix it. I had to figure out how to make it better. I was also in this place where I was striving to earn his love and to earn his acceptance and to earn his approval because I had to earn everything as a child. There, there was no, in a sense, free gift. It was all just very much work and earning. And so as God kept saying to me, that's not my way. And I say, but it's the only way I know, Lord. And he actually one day gave me the courage to say, well, then what is your way? Because sometimes letting go of what we know is really hard when we are not really sure what it's going to be replaced with. And so I just asked him, I said, then what is your way? And I also had gotten to the place where, because I think I had worn myself out for all those years trying to fix myself, that I kept telling him that I needed a green padded cell. And that came from hearing someone else's testimony and them sharing their story of similar, like being abused and going through and working and trying to fix themselves and them bringing themselves to that place of needing a green padded cell. But as they shared it, they shared how that while they laid on that green padded cell, Jesus was there with them the whole time. And so at the end of my time at Oakland, I also kept saying, Lord, I feel like I need that green padded cell. I feel like I just need to let go of all those burdens and responsibilities of life and I don't, and just be with you. And so he ended up moving me back home and I lived with my mom and I didn't really realize until it was about eight months later when I told God, I said, I don't feel like I need that green padded cell anymore. And I was like, oh, that's because the fact that my, this home, my mom's home has been my green padded cell. And Mm -hmm. so as I realized during that eight months is I had just been able to sit and let him pour into me. And there was a preacher on TV that I would listen to because I told God, you know, my, my perception of him, had been, you know, very messed up. And I would tell God, you know, this guy's always saying how good you are. Is that really true? Are you really good? And, and so I would sit there with my Bible and, and listen to him. And he would go to the scripture and go to the scripture. And I'd be like, oh, wow, the Bible really does say that. Oh, wow, it really does say that. And I think that time is what really helped God get me to the place where I feel like it was like the next step in my journey. And that is when he moved me to Colorado to mm-hmm. work at Compassion. And having worked at the Clorox company in the Bay Area, they had been around for nearly 100 years by the time I started working for them. And so that organization, it wasn't perfect, 
but it was a well-oiled machine and everything, how it functioned, just it hummed. There weren't a lot of issues. Everything just communication-wise, process-wise, things just hum. Well, when I got to Compassion, Compassion had been a mom-and-pop shop for a long time and had recently experienced like exponential growth. And it was all that growth was putting stress on all of their processes. And I believe it was just God's way of like, hey, I want to take you up to a new level, but we got we to gotta change some things so that you can sustain it. But I would, I, one of the things that was not a really good process at that time when I first got there was communication. And, and I would sit there and I would tell God, I'm like, the, the, you know, the not so great communication process that they have in place. I said, but yet we're still ministering to over a million and a half children around the world. And I would find myself saying, that's got to be the grace of God. That's got to be the grace of God. Well, after a couple of months, God kind of like stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, kind of like, what? And he goes, do you hear what you're saying? And I was like, yeah, I keep saying that's got to be the grace of God. And then I realized, but God, I don't know what your grace is. I didn't grow up in a church that talked or explained what grace was. Anytime they talked about grace, they always said Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. And I'm like, that's great. We're saved by grace, but it doesn't really explain what grace is. And I started asking God, God, what is your grace? And mm-hmm. I, it was within, I think, a couple of weeks that God led me across the path. I was at home watching TV and I called them. I had about 13 church channels and I was flipping through my guide just to see like who was on. And I came across this one. It said Joseph Prince. And I was like, who is Joseph Prince? Click. And I turned to it. And he was preaching on secrets of grace in the Hebrew letters. And the fact that I had been asking God about what grace is, I was like, whoa, what is this? And I started listening to him. And he started talking about the secrets of grace in the Hebrew letters and how each Hebrew letter has a picture associated with it. And that when you put the pictures all together, it actually is the definition of the word. And I was blown away because I had never heard anything like that before. And I was fascinated by the Greek and the Hebrew because that's what the Bible was written in and that's what anointed. And so I couldn't get enough. I kept listening to him because I thought, I've never heard anything like this. And I started listening to him talk about the finished work of Jesus. And God started to show me that I don't have to earn anything from him, that Jesus already did it for me. And as I started to listen, I just, I couldn't get enough. And I loved that what he would say is, you don't keep coming back to hear me. You keep coming back because I'm pointing you to Jesus. And as I listened to him and as the years have gone by, that was almost 10 years ago now, God just continually is helping me to realize that it is all about Jesus, that I don't need to put my, that I need to take my eyes off of myself, off of my shortcomings, off of my flaws, and put them on Jesus. And one of the ways that he helped me to do that was he showed me that when the veil of the law is over our eyes, we can't see Jesus in the Bible. And I remember hearing Pastor Prince say that, and said, he said, when you read the Bible, 
ask the Holy Spirit to remove the veil of the law from your eyes so that you can see Jesus. And I just did it because, hey, this is what I'm, I feel like I'm supposed to do without really understanding. And it was the most amazing thing started happening. I started seeing scriptures in the Bible that were so simple that I was like, how did I miss this? I've, you know, been studying God's word for the, over 10 years now. I stopped running and I've never seen this before. And what I realized is as I started seeing Jesus in the Bible, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, I started seeing how much he loved me. And as I started seeing, realizing how much he loved me, I fell in love with him. And it's like, Lord, I can't get enough. Like, I want to know more about you. I want to know who you are. And and he just keeps doing that. And along the way, he keeps healing and and removing the, the lies that Satan planted in my heart and delivering me from these things. And it has been the most amazing journey with him. And, you know, I was sitting here today thinking, and I was like, you know, thinking about all the things that happened and going back and thinking about my childhood. And there was one phrase that like literally like stood out and I was like, I'm still standing. And I think about that and I'm like, regardless of what Satan intended to do to me or how he tried to steal and kill and destroy, I'm still standing by the grace of God. And I think think of where I'm at today and mm-hmm. there's no way that I could have figured out how to get where I'm at today. And to me, that is just a, just a message of God's grace. In it, He is so good. He's so good to us. And yes. we don't deserve it. But it's because of Jesus that Jesus made us worthy. And I just am so grateful to Him for what He's done. Well, I'm grateful to you, Lexi. For so many things, for one thing, um, coming on the show today, and I know you've got some challenges with your allergies and, you know, you just spent 25 plus minutes almost talking about your story. Okay. So that's not an easy thing. Um, Secondly, I'm grateful for your illustrations and, you know, just your authenticity and sharing, you know, from the heart how Jesus was revealed to you for someone who came out of abuse. The depths of abuse is so incredibly scarring and to, and violating and the Mm -hmm. self-esteem and, you know, just the loss of who you are, you know, I mean, it's just very traumatic and for the Lord to be able to take those scars and bring you through that and get you to a place of trusting implicitly who he is and showing his love and his pursuit of you and your Mm -hmm. obedience in response to that as the trust came tells us what a personal God we serve. Yeah. Because God works differently with each one of us through our stories. Yes. And he knew what you needed. And he was very patient. He was a gentleman. He was loving. He used other people's gifting and he knew exactly how to draw you to Jesus. And you're truly uh, an example of a woman 
that I know in my life who pursues Jesus and loves him from the depths of her heart. And so, you know, I, I really wanted the listeners to hear your story and, you know, not, you know, just the story of survival, but the love relationship you have with Jesus Christ. And so I'm just so grateful to see how you've grown. I mean, I, since you've been serving in the ministry of altered stories and you're blogging, um, folks get out and, and read her blogs because they're very, very profound, but you can just read the depths of your heart. I love to how you talk about, you know, the, the Hebrew letters and, you know, just bringing in that, uh, and that perspective into a believer's, you know, mm-hmm. thinking and relationship yeah. with who Jesus Christ is. So I really appreciate your time and everything that you've shared today. And I know there's so much more to your story. And one of the questions I wanted to ask you, of course, is now that you're moving into a new place, um, because yeah. I know you've been pursuing Jesus and his will and what he's doing in the season of your life. Can you share a little bit about the vision that Jesus has given you, God has given you for, you know, your future in your ministry endeavors? Last December, uh, I finally got to the place God asked me this question of what do you want for years? And I haven't been able to answer him. And last December, I finally got to the place where I was able to say to him, I want to minister to women who've been abused because that's what he brought me out of. And he immediately showed me that how I'm going to do that. And he showed me I'm going to have property and where women can come. And kind of like in 2008, when I came home to my mom, just have all that responsibility taken off their shoulders and allow giving them the time to allow that to pour into them so that he can do for them what he did for me. And so right now I'm still just, I'm waiting on his timing and he keeps promising that he's working it out. And so I just keep reminding myself that he's doing that. And I'm really excited and looking forward to it. Um, It's been a long journey, but I'm so grateful for everything that he has done for me and that he's going to continue to do because he's a good, he's a good father. He's, such a good father to us. And ladies listening, you can hear Lexi's words. Those are profound. He is a good father from a woman who was abused by many men. For her to say he is a good father, mm-hmm. you must know who Jesus Christ is to get her to that place to be able to say that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just am so excited for what God has ahead for you, Lexi. And, yes. you know, I can't wait. And I'm so thankful you're still willing to blog. And, you yes. know, I know that you believe in how profound it is for women to tell stories, their stories, yes. or, you know, and how Jesus wants us to and how there's healing that comes from that. And so... Now, as I close, I would really appreciate 
any words that you might have for any women out there today who have come out of abuse, who may be struggling? I mean, you, you, you shared your journey. You talked about what, how God brought you to and through the healing process. But if today there's a woman listening and she just, she's not there, but she's looking yeah. for support. You know, she, yeah. she, maybe she doesn't trust her church or she can't yeah. talk to someone or, you know, she, she, she didn't have anyone to talk to yeah. uh, about what's, what's going on. So many women are shamed from, yeah. this. you know, so many of them have my mother having come out of this and mm-hmm. having had discussions with her about it yeah. and the, the great guilt and shame that comes on the victims. Yeah. It's so it's it's so hard because they're the victims. Yes. And someone has violated them. But yeah. from your perspective, you know, what yeah. would you sh- say to a woman like that today? Well, I think the first thing I would say is if you haven't told anybody, if you've never shared it with someone, I would I would say ask God to bring someone who is safe who you can share it with because that for me was the key. Um, up until the point that I started sharing by sharing with my family and then going to counseling, I felt like I had a ball and chain around my leg that was preventing me from moving forward. But the minute I still remember that first counseling session with her, I felt like I had verbally vomited all over her, all my 26 years of pain and agony and hurt and everything just, it all just came out. But by the time I left that session, uh, I no longer felt like I had a ball and chain around my leg. So that would be the first thing is ask God to bring somebody who's safe, who you can trust. Because, yeah, there's a lot of people who are broken that are not trustworthy. And, you know, I've made my fair share of mistakes of, as God said, don't share your pearls with the, like, don't throw your pearls before mm-hmm. the swine. I've made mm-hmm. my mistakes of sharing, like, my, 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 you know, my heart with people that I shouldn't have trusted. And so really, I just, I would say, ask God to bring somebody because he will. And then really in terms of like the rest of the journey, I, you mentioned like that God will bring people. And I think about, you know, the last 20 some years of my life, God has brought the right people around my path each step of the way. And I'm so grateful for, I think about all of them and I was just like, Lord, I hope you bless them. I hope you bless them so much because they were such a blessing to me and they helped me get from one stage of my journey to another. And so I would say, don't worry about it. Just keep your eyes on Jesus, keep seeking him and he's going to bring the right people. If you get to that point where you're like, I feel like I need someone to talk to, just ask him, say, Lord, who can I, who can I talk to? Who, who can help me with this next stage? Because it's like I said, there's no way I would have been able to figure out my journey looking at the path that I've been on. There's no way I could have figured it out, but God knew. He knew what I needed. He knew when I needed it. And so that's what I would say is, you know, ask God to bring those people around you who can help you because he will. Awesome. Thanks so much. And thank you again so much, Lexi, for your great service to Altered Stories Ministry, for sharing this story of redemption, for encouraging women that may be going through the journey or are still in the, you know, abuse. I mean, I I just feel that God's going to take this story and really use it. You know, we are at, at this point very 
blessed in that we have about 315 listeners now to our show. Yeah. So we're really, really excited to see what God's going to do and how many more women will be reached, um, especially as we um, share your story out. And ladies, I do want to, again, remind you, as Lexi and I have, have talked and as she has shared that God loves you. God takes and repairs the brokenness and he takes and he creates beauty out Mm -hmm. of brokenness. And here is his story. He has a divine purpose and a plan for your life. Don't ever forget it. Every one of you matter. And he always, always will pursue you, even when you don't want to be pursued. Because he yeah. loves you so much. And Lexi and I can both attest to that. So, in closing, until our next show, remember, be heard and be healed. Altered Stories Ministry is a new, nonprofit evangelistic talk show for women. Our ministry is located in Overland Park, Kansas. And if you enjoyed listening to today's show, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of everyday women too. So why don't you share the link to our podcast on your social media? And we welcome your feedback. So let us know what you think. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories. We welcome your tax-exempt financial donations. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, log on to our website alteredstories.org. That's alteredstories.org.